a lot of the parents who are really naturally good at that understand piece they themselves have had to deep dive into like who they are so then they're able to recognize it in others it's very easy to understand where they're coming from and it's very easy to help them through that is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted defeated and hopeless you are not alone and i want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at calmthechaospodcast.com. All right, so I'm super excited about our episode today because we are diving into something that I feel like so many parents have dealt with, and that is this guilt and shame over not doing things right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Everyone is doing everything wrong. If they're not doing it the way I want them to. No, but we have parents who come to us all the time and they have been told by professionals, they've been told all the things they're doing wrong. Do this, don't do this, try this, be this. And like, not only do I feel like their just head is in a swirl of ideas and thoughts and which way's right, which way's wrong, but it also, I feel like their soul is crushed because they feel like, they can't even make a decision or own the decision they're making because they're not sure if it's going to be the right thing or wrong thing. You probably could call on like Womp Womp Warrior, mm. right? Like Charlie Brown it, like Womp 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 Womp. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, because, you know, even like my joke in the beginning about like if anybody's doing something different than I want them to, then they're wrong. That's literally how most people operate. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's not about what you're doing wrong. Instead, it's about what are you already doing right? What is the base? What is the the foundation you already have? And what would it be different if we started everyone off with like an attaboy? Like, here's all the great things you're doing. Now, here's some things we could boost or some- Where do we have room to grow? And no matter what level of human or parent or expert you are, there's always room to grow. Absolutely. And I think that when we come from a place of room for growth, opportunities for growth, instead of quote unquote mistakes, we're looking for, you say this all the time, we're looking for the solution. We're not looking for the problem. Yeah, that's a big one, right? The minute that we start talking about problems, now it's us versus them. It's me versus the problem. What if we built off of our foundational strength? I think that that changes, and we've seen that this changes the way that you can approach parenting when you start with your foundation instead of starting with shame and blame and guilt and all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas of what I should be doing. And that is our aim really for this episode is to kind of let go of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas of all the things you should be doing in parenting. And let's really focus in on what you're already doing amazing because 
we believe that every single parent is doing the best with what they've been given and what they have up until this very moment. Gold. Gold. All right. So as an educator, one of the things that anytime we had parent-teacher conferences that I tried to do is really start with the strengths, like what is happening with the kid? What are they doing really well? And how can we build off that foundation? But somehow when I became a parent, I kind of forgot all of that. And I started focusing on all the things that I was doing wrong and how my kid didn't quite match any of the parenting books I was reading and how it just felt like I couldn't ever do anything right. And so that's why I think when I was doing work and I started working with parents, I really wanted them to feel not alone. I wanted them to realize that they were already doing so much for their kids. And so that's where kind of my desire to start this came from. When we have parents come to us, it's probably one of the first things that they ask us about is I just feel like I'm doing everything wrong or I feel like I've tried so much. I've tried connecting with my kid. I've tried empowering my kid. I've tried understanding my kid. And they say all these things and then they end up saying, I've done it all, right? Nothing works. And What we started to realize is that that all or nothing thinking really eliminates any possibility for seeing progress. And so we needed a way to help parents really assess what are those strengths that you're building off of, even if it's just a sliver, even if you just have this small little sliver of what you're already doing that's working in your family, how can we identify that strength and build off of it so that we can We can know where to focus and you don't have to feel so defeated. You don't have to feel like you've given everything and nothing's working. Of course, it's always true. The last place you look is the thing that you where you find it. Right. But they legit have read 20 plus parenting books. They have done four or five online courses and nothing feels right. Mm -hmm. Right. And and it doesn't feel right to them and it doesn't feel right to the kids. Yeah. Right. It's sort of like this Goldilocks and the three bears, you know, yeah. this is too strict or this is too loose or like there's just, yeah. there is a sweet spot. Then you start to doubt yourselves. You start to feel hopeless. You lose your confidence. And anytime you have any of that, then you end up having inaction and you end up not moving forward. You end up not taking any action. And then that's when more fights break out, more battles, more arguments. And so that kind of brings us to where we really, really dug deep and we said, okay, what do we know about the parents that come to us? What do we know about ourselves and what we've seen? That's where we kind of went down this rabbit trail to figure out how to create an assessment that would help parents identify, what am I doing well? What is working already in my parenting so that I know that I am not failing? What we found is that parents feel like they have to do it all right for it to be working. And we don't believe that. We want to empower parents by helping them identify what is working. And then you can find one small thing at a time to grow from, to change, but really recognizing I'm already doing enough really amazing things with my family and I can grow one step at a time. And that's what we're going to be doing in today's episode. It's kind of breaking down these four primary parenting styles that we've identified using our framework. It's really helped us identify 
you know, because we have a framework that we follow in everything we do. It's our Calm the Chaos framework. It has four essential ingredients, which is you connect, understand, empower, and lo and behold, our four parenting styles match those four styles. We're going to walk people through those four styles. We have an assessment that you can take. It walks you through different questions and scenarios so you can identify what is your primary parenting style. You can go to primaryparentingstyle.com and then you can take the assessment and help you identify your primary parenting style. Let's talk about the four primary parenting styles. The first one is grounded, which is Wait, you're grounded. Not you're grounded. Okay. No, but I'm grounded. Oh. Yeah. So it's the good kind of grounded, not the punitive, you know, take away all your things kind of grounded. We also have the affirming parent. So that is not a firm parent, like with strong boundaries and rules and consequences, but that's a affirming, which is all about affirming who your child is, really seeing and accepting your child for who they are. And then we have the in-tune parent. So it's not your musical parent. Instead, it is your, you can have no musical abilities at all and still be in tune because this is understanding at a really deep level your child's needs and being able to create an environment that is in tune to their needs. And then finally, we have an empowered parent. And that does not mean that you put on a cape and you fly through the air or that you plug yourself in and you're powered. How's going with He-Man? He-Man, I have a really good picture of you on the top of a mountain where you looked like you were getting your power. So empowered is about helping your your kids be able to advocate for themselves and be able to feel empowered in their own systems and processes that work for the whole family. Yeah, great. So let's break these down a little bit further. So let's talk about the grounded parent. So a lot of times when people think of grounding and they think of having that you piece in order, they think that it means that they spend a ton of time on themselves, that they're great at self-care, that they have bubble baths, and that they are the most zen parent in the world. What would you say when we have a parent who this is their their primary parenting style, they kind of gravitate towards this the most, what would you say that looks like? What comes to mind first is their like grounded parents have a really innate ability to remain calm when kids or spouses or those around them are are not calm, right? They're maybe mm-hmm. melting down or a tantrum, whatever you want to call it. They're that right? calm in the storm. They're the calm in the storm and they're able to kind of absorb and process that information or that energy without it coming out as yelling or just frustration or venting, which is the first thing I think of. I think of that too. And I also think of people who are kind of in tune with their own emotions and their own feelings enough that they might journal things out or they might be able to process out their own feelings out of the moment so that it doesn't come out with their child. So that they're not taking the things their child says personally, so that they're able to celebrate the small wins, the progress. They may even have like a daily habit for staying in that that more positive mindset. Yeah. You know, in our world, we call it like the five minute time and energy plan, right? But they have a way to recharge themselves. Yeah. When we're looking at a 
a grounded parent and we're saying, okay, where are you going to see the most success in working with your kids, in helping your kids? That is going to be like in the moment, using that groundedness to to stay steady, to find an anchor, to be able to be that safe place for your kids, for your partner, for others around you. And that doesn't mean you always have to be calm, but I think the biggest thing that grounded parents need to know is that they can have permission to mess up. That just means they're human. It doesn't mean that they are no longer grounded, that they somehow have messed up huge, but it just means that maybe they don't have enough understanding of the situation. Maybe they're not connected enough with the kids or um, maybe there is something that they've been dealing with a lot of stress and so then their brain is on overload and they can't access this safe, grounded presence that they typically are. And as you're describing this, uh, it actually makes me think of our new team member, right? It's a, it's a single mama with a, a young kiddo and they're a team, right? They're in it together. And she's very hard on herself, right? She has perfectionistic tendencies and she wants to do well and she wants to serve. And when she makes a mistake, she gets upset. And her kiddo is like this grounded type. And he said, mom, yeah. like, no, like kiss your brain. Like, you know, you're human. Let's celebrate that. Yeah. I also think of we all have that one friend that we can go to that will just like hold space for us, that sure. will just like be that person for us. That is kind of the feel you get from this being your primary parenting style. Yeah. And now that we're talking about it, now we're getting into kind of like what the details are. I think it's super important to talk about what really this primary parenting style is used for or set up for. And we, we tiptoed around it a little bit, but what we find is when people come into the program, they do have usually one very strong category and then usually like one or two that are like kind of developing and then maybe one that's a little lagging, mm -hmm. like just kind of in like the rankings. And what we find is when they come in, focusing on that one as kind of like the superpower that you have and then kind of cherry picking or like grabbing the low hanging fruit for the other in areas. the other categories yeah. can help you bring your connection, your yeah. understanding and that like just connectedness of your family, yeah. that feeling of the family team to a whole new level pretty darn quick. Yeah. And if this is your primary parenting style, you might find that you're still frustrated, that you're still having trouble getting your kids to do what you want. And it might be because you're trying to be this calm presence. You're trying to hold it all together while they're having their hard time. But yet you don't have the tools to teach them the skills they need. You don't have the tools yet to understand why the behavior is happening. You just keep like running with all your yeah, might. You, at you the feel problem. you feel stuck. You're yeah. not moving forward yeah. because you're not truly getting to the root of the problem. Yeah. And so that would be a place that I would start looking is grounded, being grounded, being that safe place is your natural go to primary tendency. Then some of the other areas I would really look at is that understanding piece. Totes. Dana here, and guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. 
And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. All right. So let's move on to the second one. This is that affirming parent. And this one is really in connection to the connection piece of the framework. So this can be a lot of things, really. And we find that we have a lot of parents who lean towards this, especially those parents who wanted to be parents. They grew up just dreaming of being a parent. They got their family and they're like, I want to do Sunday afternoons in the park and I want to do family dinners and I want to draw with my kids and I want to play games with my kids. And I'm just like, they're super engaged with their kids. They build connection. They lift their kids up. They help their kids kind of feel that belonging. And that is the first thing that we see. A lot of times that's also because that's the advice that is given the most to parents is connect with your kids. I feel like you're describing Mary Poppins. It is kind of Mary Poppins-ish, but it's like, it's this, I see you and I want to play with you. I want to hang out with you. I want to spend time together. You know, I want my family to be connected and be a team. And so, and you're also probably like very connected in your world. So you have a support system or you have people you can go to. You're the one that goes to events and, you know, has friends and parties and all these things. I would say that the parent we were just working with today, the first parent we were working with, would probably fall into this category of being super connected because all she wants is for her kid to feel super loved and super connected as he grows up. Yeah. And um, I would also say that one of the caveats here in this connected parent is that if this is your primary parenting style, you might be laying it on thick with the play and the activity, but then you might feel drained because it feels like you just can't give your kid enough attention. You can't give them enough connection. You can't give them enough of playtime and one-on-one time. And that's because there might be a missing piece of truly seeing your kid and validating them for who they are. And I don't just mean validating their emotions, but really seeing your kid and accepting the kid you have. That's that low-hanging fruit that you can go after as a connected parent of saying, okay, I'm going to take this to the next level. I'm going to actually look at what are all my in-between body language and all of these like moments with my kids. What are they helping my kid feel about themselves? How are they helping my kid feel seen for who they are? Yeah. Where would you say that a lot of connected parents might struggle when they come in and they love playing with their kids? They love giving one-on-one time. Where do you find that a lot of times they struggle? When that sort of connect piece is you're really like, that's where you're honing in. That's a game. Some of the the you piece or like the understand piece might be a little lagging and, mm-hmm. and possibly the empower piece. The struggles we might have are uh, not being able to control like our emotions because we're mm-hmm. drained from connecting uh, so much, like you're giving so much of yourself. Yeah. You might have that resentment even that I'm giving so much to my kid and then they do this to me, right? Like that can feel really hard when you're giving so much, you're loving so much 
with your kid and then they turn around and they call you mean or they say you're the worst mom and you take it really personal. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like maybe you're not so great at not taking it personally. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it also might mean that because you value being close to your kid, you value talking, you value this conversation piece that you may be talking too much, meaning (laughs) that like in the heat of the moment, you might be connect, 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 connect. And everything you say feels like an itchy sweater on an already sunburned body. One of the caveats to like the connected parent is the definition of like what connection is. Absolutely. uh, Because they tend to give so much of themselves. Mm, I think so too. And connection is we've talked about this before and we had a whole episode just on connection and what to do if you don't have enough time to connect or you feel like you're connecting and it's not doing anything. And so definitely go back and listen to that episode because we go deep into that concept. But for this, I think it's really important that we recognize if our go-to strategy is to connect And that means one-on-one time or hanging out together or doing things together or having conversations together that we might be missing some of the quality of the time we're spending together. Instead of just focusing on, I'm going to spend the quantity of time. I'm going to come home from work and I'm going to spend all this time with you. It might also mean that you might feel guilty when you have to work more or when you've been busy or when you lose your cool because you feel like you've just lost all connection. You've just like unraveled every good piece you've done. And so that's where you have to give yourself grace. You have to give yourself permission and you have to focus on the quality of the time you're spending together. And I think that just means like kind of boosting that, uh, that you piece, right? And really putting aside some of the other mental things going on and being fully present in the yeah. moment, right? And removing the sort of uh, like emotions or head trash around the things that are happening, take things less personal. Yeah. Right. And then you can have like a little bit more of a compassionate or like positive mindset coming into it. Yeah. And I think when we are drawn to be a connected parent, we see everything our kids do as a bid for attention. And so- We lack that understanding a lot of times at this piece when this is our primary way of dealing with parenting or dealing with our kids. And so we don't understand why is my kid doing this thing? What are their needs? What are they lacking? What skills are they lacking? Why do they not feel safe? Why do they not feel like they can make mistakes? And why do they feel disconnected? Um, Are there any sensory needs going on right now? And so we a lot of times lack that piece and that understanding of why the behavior is happening. And we talked about this even today with one of our parents about sometimes it's so easy to look at, you know, the the behavior as this uh, kind of fight against you. And, well, I just don't want to go to daycare or I don't want to go to camp. And sometimes even as a connected parent, because these parents had just spent a beautiful weekend together connecting, but they missed the fact that their kid wanted to connect and just be with them, but doesn't have the language to be able to tell them that. So I think we should move on to 
the Intune parent, right? Yeah. Which their specialty is that understanding, like what's yes. under the surface. And I find that if you have a extremely challenging kid, if you've got a neurodivergent kid, if you've got a kid that's out of the box that doesn't fit the mold, you will gravitate towards getting a PhD in parenting and really trying to understand your kid at a deep, deep level. These are parents that are going to be looking up food dyes and toxins and like special diets and special therapies and different diagnoses and different like neurobiology and like they're reading all the books and they're going to all the summits. And look, I am a lifelong learner and I think that this is one of my like go-to things is like, let me understand this. Let me figure this out. It's one of my favorite things to talk about is like the science of behavior. I think that that's so fun to talk about, but we can get sucked in sure. to it. If you're gravitating towards the you piece, right? Like you may be really good at like a, a, like a simpler subject, like PE or something. Like I you've got- I mean, maybe connection you've is got like, like a simpler subject, but I think that- kid or, you know, Whatever. And then I was like, because you said if you have a difficult child, you might have to really do the work to figure out like the kid is complicated. If you are a researcher at heart, if you are a learner at heart, this might be your go to. Or if you've got a complex kid, you've been forced to be a very understanding parent. And that means that you understand your kids triggers and skills and preferences and what makes them tick you are the expert in your kid and that is phenomenal and at the same time it can feel like the end-all be-all of everything that has to be about how to solve problems we have so many parents who come in as their specialty is connection, right? They're they're affirming, or their specialty is that you piece, right? That grounded parent, and then their kid requires an in tune parent, or their kid requires one who's really just has a deep dive in what makes children tick, right? And the the psychology of children. That's when it's like. How do we get help? How who do I know? Mm-hmm. Right, that's how they find us. That's because there's a us. there's like a mismatch, and it so unlocks things for parents who are a grounded or affirming parent, and they've tried all these things, they've done all these things, and now they have the understanding to to couple with it. It's like, oh my gosh, you just unlocked a whole new world for me. What I find is. Parents who come in and they are this understanding parent, and I have been getting a lot of this when we get a lot of pediatricians, we get a lot of therapists and counselors, and and we get a lot of past teachers or current teachers who come to our program because they have the understanding. They teach it all day. They work with it all day. But yet with their own kid, mm-hmm. they can't figure it out. Or with their own kid, they can't stay calm. With their own kid, it triggers them. And part of that is because they have the curse of knowledge. And so they're jumping to assumptions. They're jumping to it must be this. It must be that. And they are skipping the let me take a deep breath. Let me pause. Let me get myself grounded. Let me understand myself first. And then let me go into looking at what's under the surface. 
right? And then a lot of times they're missing that connection piece on a very much like at this point, if they've been studying and learning and figuring out their kid honestly feels like they're broken because they've been to every therapy. They've been to all the specialists. They've been dragged here, dragged there. And look, guys, this is me, right? Like, I feel like this was definitely the early part of our journey with our oldest is just like, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. What about this? Well, maybe we should talk to this person. And I think we don't mean to, but we make our kids feel like they're a client, they're a student, they're not our child, and they just want a parent. They don't want a therapist. And thinking about it again, right, in this in this setting, in this space, a lot of the parents who are really naturally good at that understand piece, they themselves have had to deep dive into like who they are, right? So then they're able to recognize it in others, right? Where like, I'm super sensory when it comes to uh, like auditory stuff. So when I see other people struggling in a louder environment, it's it's very easy to understand where they're coming from. And it's very easy to help them through that. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the warning signs for these parents as well, these in-tune parents, is that you're constantly on high alert, right? Like what you just said is like, my senses are so heightened because I'm around you, because I'm around our oldest and our youngest, and you guys have such heightened senses. I can't go anywhere now without being like, oh my gosh, it's so loud in here. And so you're on you're on alert. You're looking around. You're like, is this environment an environment that my kid can be successful in? And so you're considered the quote unquote helicopter parents or you're considered the like the overbearing parent that's trying to advocate for your kid at school, like all these things. And on the flip side, you might be the parent who is like constantly looking for answers so much so that you discount what you do know. Right. And so I think there's a, a lot here to really look at. And I think the key is if you are a an in-tune parent, you have to ground yourself in, I'm the expert in my own child. I know my kid. I know what they need. I know what helps them be successful. Now my job is helping others, empowering my kid so that they know themselves as well as I understand. Yeah. And at that point, it's game over and everyone wins. Yes. A hundred percent. Like them learning about themselves through you knowing about them is like, it's so amazing. And what unlocks when your kids become the experts in themselves, it's just beautiful. So we're going to move to the last one, the empowered parent. This one's kind of fun, right? Like this style, it's probably like the the one that people score the least in is this empowered parent or when they do score this one they're like I don't feel very empowered right now and I'm going to share why like the really cool parts about this type of parenting style is that you like systems and routines and you like for things to have order and structure that is like really common when someone first like kind of gets this as their primary parenting style but The thing that you can do when you are an empowered parent is that you can actually use these systems, these routines, the structure to help your kid advocate fiercely for themselves. And I think that that is where you unlock so many cool things at this stage. 
And this is where you're really looking at how do we make a plan, right? And right now you might be making a lot of plans. You might be making a lot of routines. You might be setting up the day. You might be the one running the house and making sure that everything runs smoothly. This is you kind of making sure that there's family values and that you problem solve together. But the way that low-hanging fruit for this one, the way you take this to the next level is you involve your kids in the making of those plans. You involve your kids in the problem solving, the processing, and you make routines and systems and rules that are for the whole family that work together for everyone, not just top down. I'm envisioning, and this happens everywhere all across the world, the parent has this beautiful idea that they are going to you know, make this complicated setup and they, they get the paper set up and the glue and the scissors and the pom-poms and the thing and the kid's super excited about it, but they only do it for four and a half minutes and you spent 17 hours setting it up and then you're just like lost and you're like, I'm so upset that my kid didn't do this. But like the kid was never involved in the planning of the operation. They didn't get the buy-in. They were like, this is too hard for me. All the things go wrong because you didn't ever get the opinion of your child. I find that with a lot of the connected parents who are those affirming parents, um, they will create those activities, but they're missing the empowerment piece, Yeah. right? And so this is just another good example of how when you have one primary style, you can really lean on that and you can build off of it. But then there's these small nuances in the other areas that you can build off of. And so, you know, if you're going through this and you're like, ooh, that does sound a little like me or ooh, I, I see where I could use a little bit more empowerment or a little bit more understanding. What is great about this assessment is when you take the primary parenting style assessment, you actually are given a report that says, here's your primary parenting style. Yay, you. This is awesome. This is where you shine. This is where you might need you know, you have some room for uh, growth or opportunities for improvement. And here's the good news. Here's your cliff notes for the book, right? And it'll actually walk you through and say, here are the five key sections on this style. So you can go through the whole book and just see the, the you pieces. Or here's just the empowerment pieces that are really going to build off of what you're already doing. And then as you go through, you can start to say, okay, these are going to be the areas that are going to be a little easier for me, that I'm going to be able to lean into a little more. And here are the areas of the book or the program or the system where I might need to dig in a little further. And that doesn't mean that something's wrong with me. It's a big deal, right? Learning how to understand who you are, learning how to have the family life that you have dreamed of, right? And depending on, you know, what your kind of specialty is or where your natural talent lies, right? That's going to look a little different. And realizing that, hey, I'm really great at one or two of these and I'm not so great at the others, it gives you the roadmap to follow, right? So that you're not having to make it up yourself. You can kind of just follow the path that's already been laid out for you. Let's leave them with one small baby step that they can take, one small action step they can take today. If you want to know your primary parenting style, what your superpower is, 
right? You just want to head to primaryparentingstyle.com and take our, our quiz. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And I want to remind every single one of you that you are the best parent for your kid and your kid is exactly the kid they need to be. You're not broken. Your kid's not broken and you're not alone. You've got this and we will talk to you next week. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com and I'll see you next week.